it, and then I record at the same time on the recording platform. Makes sense. All right, you ready to start? Let's do it. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this week's episode of Benny in the Booth podcast. On this week's episode, I am here with my very special guest to help recap the NFL season and give a mini last-second update on baseball circumstance. As for once for the first time in a while, there's actually an update for baseball. Well, to what extent, who knows at this point, but it's at least something. Let's get into it. Hello, everybody, and welcome back for episode 22 in the Benny of the Booth podcast. Thank you for all the support to this point. Uh, We are actually one subscriber away as of the recording of this video from the subscriber goal for 75 to 100 subscribers by the end of this month, basically, for a early access opening night MLB The Show 22 stream uh, as a reward, one subscriber away. So if you are new and you've watched and you're watching this podcast and you are not subscribed, hit that subscribe button down below and turn the notification bell on so you're notified when I go live or post a video on an occasion that I do post a video, which is not often. So, the guest I have on this week, he is from Baltimore. He lives in Baltimore currently, though supports New York teams. Actually recently started working on a radio in Baltimore. Has his own podcast, Talk Show with Rami. Links to his most recent episode, which was actually posted yesterday, is in the description, along with links to his own to his podcast via Anchor, Apple Podcasts, and Google and Spotify. All links in the description, as long as links with my own. Without further ado, here's my guest, Rami Levy. Rami, how are you? I'm doing all right. Thank you for having me, Benny. How are you doing today? No problem. I'm good. So for the people that don't necessarily know who you are, because then again, I don't know. It could be a lot of people that watch my podcast know who you are. But for the people that maybe don't, why don't you give like a general overview of like yourself and your podcast? Okay, so I uh, started a podcast about a year and a half ago, um, talking about mostly sports and kind of trying to tie some other stuff, find interesting stories that kind of relate to sports or in the world of sports, around sports, sports media. Um, and stuff like that. And then about a year ago or 10 months ago, I started working at Odyssey, which is a parent company for a lot of popular sports talk radio stations. WFAN in New York um, is probably the most prominent. CBS Sports Network is another one. Um, And about two weeks ago now, or a little less, I actually transferred from the business marketing sales side of the industry to the actual programming side as a part-time overnight uh, producer and board up uh, on 105.7 The Fan here in Baltimore. So that means basically every night I go in at 10 p.m. and I'm there till 5 a.m. Uh, just making sure everything's running, cutting sound for the next day, uh, and just kind of creating what the storylines, what the talking points for the day will be in the world of sports on a uh, pretty popular sports station. That's nice. I'll even like add to something because like CBS for me, like the radio specifically. It's interesting to hear that because when I was in Israel, that was a lot of the time 
or more of my second year, but even in general, like, like first year, second year was how I got like my sports news because I was in Yeshiva actually with your brothers on me. And so like, we didn't have our phones and they had this number, like connect to a few like American radio stations and CBS sports radio is one of them. So like, that was a lot of my ways of finding out news uh, with sports, including how I, rest in peace sadly found out about Kobe Bryant dying uh but and even like so it's kind of like crazy to think that but good for you um yeah it's definitely been a journey what I tell people is you can check out my Instagram and Twitter I kind of post some of like the stories and stuff when I'm there kind of try and share it with everyone because that's something I've tried to do on the podcast is share it from day one share what's been going on because I didn't know where this was going to lead me when I started the podcast but so far I'm on a pretty good path um, and that's one of the things that I love about radio also. It's that, it, I don't know, I find that it transcends any other media because it is such a passion-based uh, medium. Uh, podcasting is the same thing. When you have audio, there's nothing to visualize. You have to use words to create the word picture of what people are hearing, and for some reason people connect more to that when they just use their imagination and just listening to the spoken word, I find yeah, very true. Um, so, oh yeah, and also links to his Twitter is also in the description. I uh, should note that. So before we get to the whole NFL year in review, which was the expected topic we were going to talk about, last second baseball news popped up. And it's not like the news that we could have hoped for that the lockout's officially over, but at least that they're starting to make progress. As people know they started they had a whole week plus i guess now at this point of meetings um little progress is made they made something on friday but lost it on saturday and then they made progress yesterday in a stretch of like 13 different meetings they had in the stretch of like basically into the wee hours of two like today and like wee hours in the morning uh but in the original deadline was yesterday but they changed it to in less than two hours but apparently even now per what you just said it right before we started like they are apparently even backtracked some of that progress from yesterday so we'll see what happens but if either of us get an update we'll update the circumstances but as of right now they've made some progress and we'll just hope and see what happens yeah and basically last night we were sitting in the studio uh, just trying to wait for something to happen. We're watching on all the news channels. Uh, we're sitting on our phones on Twitter, just refreshing Jeff Passon's page. And last night it was actually Bob Nightingale who was coming out with haymakers. And it's 2 o'clock in the morning, and then we see the final update, which is we're really close, but we're going to extend the deadline to 5 p.m. on Tuesday. And then at which point I think all that progress, was, which was made, kind of goes down the drain because the players realize this – deadline that MLB created is just a fake deadline that they put in play. Like, Jeff Passon said this on Michael Kay's show yesterday. He said, there's 31 days to the baseball season. You think if there's 27 days to the baseball season, MLB's going to be like, nope, sorry, we can't start on time because there's only 27 days left in the season. No, we've seen a three-week spring training before, most recently in 2020, right? So we've seen stuff like this happen before, but I think baseball realized that they need to make a hard deadline in order for progress to be made. 
and it worked. Significant progress was made. The second the deadline was moved to 5 p.m. today, all of a sudden progress went backwards because I think they feel like, oh, you guys are just trying to pressure us again, and both sides feel that the other is trying to use as much leverage as they can, as you would in a typical negotiation. Yeah, and also I felt like with what news was coming out yesterday, I felt like with how progress is being made, both sides were more and more trying to like get it done by the deadline. It wasn't like one side trying to, one side like now we want to delay games and push off games. Like both wanted to try to actually make it to the deadline. Hopefully, I mean, for all we know it could be, but hopefully that's also for today that they're wanting to try to, uh, get it done before the deadline. But at this point, all he could do is just hope and pray. Uh, but one of the big things among the certain things that they had agreed upon uh, was a 12-team playoff after there was talks for 14, expanded 14, 12, so many other talks. They ended up pretty much, it seems like, unless something's changed, settling on 12, which I think is definitely better than 14. Obviously, you still might have problems of, like, now you're potentially letting teams that are going to be, like, like, potential playoffs but could be barrel scraper still in the playoffs, but it's still like, I don't know the right, but yeah, interest, definitely interesting. I think 12 team playoffs worked. We saw this in the NFL for years, right? That's what it was. Oh, for sure. Teams, and they had the two buys for the two top teams where you're giving a benefit to teams to win the division. You want right. them to win their division, but you're also incentivizing teams to pile on. If the Yankees are winning the division by 10 games with 30 games left, and it seems like they'll probably win the division, maybe they're just going to stop playing. No, we're going to pile on. If it's the trade deadline and we are killing it, let's say it's the AL Central, just a weak division, right? Yeah, that's a good example. Yeah, whatever team is at the top of that division at the trade deadline is like, we're going to win the division anyway. There's no reason to go out and make some trades. Now they'll be incentivized to continue to try and improve their team because, hey, we want one of those buys in the first round of the playoffs in the wild card round, something like that. So I think that can work. And it works on the opposite end also. If a team is a fringe playoff team and they're thinking, hmm, now there's more playoff teams, let's go for it. Let's actually you know, take a chance and actually improve our team. Whereas most teams we see by June, they're kind of, the bottom has fallen out and they're just taking to the bottom and they don't care anymore. How many yeah. times have we seen that in baseball? And that's what's worse for the sport because then games just aren't competitive. I see this locally every year with the Orioles, right? Yeah. When you have teams like that that just don't care anymore by middle of June, that's insanity, and you're going Definitely. to be just non-competitive baseball. So that's the worst for the sport. The alternative that people talked about, and Jeff Passon talked about this again on, on uh, Michael Kay yesterday, was he said that the fear of 14 teams is that the middle of the pack teams, if there's no clear and if there's no clear uh, advantage for the top teams, the teams that win the most games, like I said, if you did six teams or 12 teams, six in each league, and you had the top two had uh, five rounds, then if there's no clear advantage for the top teams in the league, then he thought teams like the Yankees wouldn't spend as much as like, hey, we could get in as the four, as the you know seven seed and still have a good chance of winning a championship. So the point is that you try and find that balance where it's competitive, it incentivizes teams to want to spend, to want to compete every year. But there's always going to be ways for teams to manipulate these rules. So even with the salary floor, for example, right? That's another thing that they talked about. That you know you need us, you need to spend 
certain amount on your team. No more can the Orioles spend, I don't know, $25, $25 million on their team while the Yankees are spending $200 million, right? The Orioles, there needs to be, every team needs to spend at least $100 million. What teams like the Orioles are going to do is they're going to go to the Red Sox and say, hey, this giant contract that you gave to X player, maybe it's Chris Sale or someone who's not performing for you, trade him to me, give him prospects. I'll take this contract off your plate so that you can clear cap space for someone else that's actually going to help your team. I'm just taking this bad contract on just so I can get a prospect with it. And it's not actually going to improve winning. It's just going to help. Te- it's just those bottom feeder teams are still going to try and lose, but they're going to try and use their, these rules to their advantage. So who knows how it's going to play out. The bottom line, what's worse for the sport than anything else is the fact that there's no games now. And the only news they're getting, because baseball hasn't been in the news for the last few months, no one talked about them because there was football, then there was the NBA All-Star, there was the Super Bowl, all that stuff was going on, and baseball is out of the news. That's the worst thing for baseball, and now that they're in the news, it's all negative news. So how's that good for the sport? Oh, for sure. And on, like, the fringe team topic, like, there are a plethora of examples over the years of, like, teams on the fringe. Like, for last year, for example, the Mariners were on the fringe, and, like, with 17 playoffs, maybe they do make it in. Uh, another good example. Yeah, and they were a fun team. And it also would have been fitting for Kyle Seeger to at least make the playoffs once, but sadly not. And he ended up re- – he did retire. He, he retired. Right? We saw two players retire that, like, maybe still could have played, but maybe they were just fed up. Kyle Seeger, think about Ryan Zimmerman, another one. Who Ooh, that's like, another good just, example. Yeah, he's just fed up with this. And he's like, I don't know if we are going to play, not going to play, if there's going to be spring training, not spring training. These are guys who are veterans who have their routines already. We're still at the top of their games. Maybe Ryan Zimmerman definitely a little bit more on the decline, but still can compete and, and contribute to a team. And they're probably just like, yeah, we don't want to sit through this anymore. Definitely. And even on the Zimmerman side, especially now that it seems like universal DH is going to be a thing. Like if he would have stayed, it could have been more of a thing, especially with now DH pretty much seem to be in play. So even if like a team ha- has first base fully filled, Maybe he could be, he could be a DH, but obviously, yeah. We'll see what happens yeah. If these guys decide to come back, but um, I I think that kind of shows the lack of confidence in a deal being made at least oh for sure yesterday uh, that players are just willing to retire because there might be players in the union in the players union who are like yeah we're we're willing to forfeit this entire season and actually not play and lose a year of our careers to this, which to me is insane. Yeah, and I also. One final point I'll make on this, and then we'll jump to what we were planning to talk about, is that I don't think realistically because of the fact that they missed out so much on COVID and how much money they lost because of COVID that they could go, that they cannot go without a season this year. But obviously we'll see what happens because like if they go a whole nother, like if they cancel this year completely, They'll be down the drain even worse. In, yeah, uh, and think about teams like Kansas City or the Orioles or the Rays. They might actually not can't. They might actually can't afford to lose another season. For sure. Um, you know, especially with the Rays, where that organization every year is so precious because the way they they turn over their roster so quickly because of not being willing to pay a lot of money, they are now a you know, prime candidate. They could be one of the best teams in the league this year. Who knows if they have to pay guys starting next year? They lose some of those top talents, and then they're not the top, you know, a top team in the league anymore. Yeah. 
So that's the update on baseball. If there's any updates that either of us get, we'll update. But yeah, but as of right now, that's the latest on the uh, lockout situation. But we'll see what happens. Doesn't look like there's an update yet. <laughs> Fifteen. Uh, Nightingale, 15 minutes ago, said there be MLB plans to make one final offer, but considering the ten, the tenor and dialogue today, hard to envision they will reach an agreement in two hours or by the time they leave Jupiter. Doesn't but, sound great, but who knows? A lot got done in very little time last yeah. night. So more got done last night than in the prior six months. For sure. So now let's get to what was actually scheduled to be talk about um, NFL season recap. But just to give everyone an idea of what we want to do with this is like, we're going to go division by division, go through the teams, like what their expectations were going into the season, whether they had or didn't, how their season panned out, and then give a grade based on like those kind of factors. So let's start with the AFC East. And with the Buffalo Bills, expectations this year definitely coming in were that they were going to walk, cakewalk the division and see what happens in the playoffs. Pretty much was that, like, before the season started, it seemed like the division was going to be theirs, no troubles, and move on from there. Yeah. Don't tell me that you don't get a chance in overtime. You have a chance. Make a stop. Yeah. If you, like Josh Allen at the NFL Honors making that joke about how it would be, you know, something fair or whatever. Josh Allen, what are you saying? Your defense, it's not fair to put your defense on the field and ask them to make a stop. Is that what you're saying about your defense? I think it's fair. No, yeah. And it happens to me they have mentioned that they're maybe thinking about changing things. But, yeah, definitely a fair point. They're, that game was basically their defense's fault. It had nothing to do – you can't blame Josh Allen. He did everything right. You can't blame any of the receivers or O-line. It was just on their defense for not making stops in crucial situations. Yeah, you got beat by one of the greatest ever do it. So for sure. Career, so, I don't know. And one thing I will add, I don't know whether you agree to this or not. I think, at least in my view, that Chiefs-Bills game was the best playoff game I've ever seen. That was a Super Bowl. And even, like... I know of good playoff games while I was live and while I was not alive. Uh, one you may not like me bringing up is the Browns Jets double OT game in what was it? 86, 87. Um, but I'm saying like overall, like this was the best ever and it was a fun game to watch. Yeah. And you give, always recency bias. 
Oh, well, for sure. Come out and say best ever. Definitely the best in recent memory. Uh, I mean, you could go back to some of the Super Bowls. Obviously, I think the Seattle New England Super Bowl was insane. I think that definitely was. New England Philly Super Bowl was incredible. Also, um, this game had everything from an offensive perspective, from a drama perspective, and all that. So, I don't know. But uh, yeah, I think as far as the Bills, you, you kind of just got to tip your cap at that point. The yeah. Fact that neither of those teams actually made it or won the Super Bowl this year. That's a whole nother story, and I think that personifies the theme of this year. And I said this on the podcast in the past. The theme of this year was find an upset and pick it. And I'll even say this: people that watch my podcast know from like when I did predictions. When I made predictions for the divisional round, I had every other game but the Bills game not being an upset and the Bills game being an upset, and I was completely wrong. Yeah, no, it was crazy what happened this year. Because the whole season went the way it went, I actually, before the wildcard round, I took the uh, the Bengals at plus 1,800 to win the Super Bowl. Came pretty close. So oh, for sure. <laughs> If the Bengals had a better O-line, they you probably would have won that. Uh, likely, yeah. And I'll even see this, and I could wait till the Bengals part. You know, I'll save it for the Bengals part, but there's something about the Bengals I do want to add. But with the Bills, though, like, they did win the division, so they got that. But they didn't necessarily cakewalk it, and they had some, like, bad losses this year. They lost to Pittsburgh, a game they definitely had in their hands and should have won. They lost to Jacksonville where they had another Josh Allen dominate their Josh Allen. Uh, there are probably other games. They lost. In, they had that rough game against New England at home that they lost. And, like, what's funny is, like, you wonder if the Patriots would have won the division. Could the Wild – and let's say the stand, they would have just swapped seeds, as in Patriots be the three and Bills be the sixth, meaning the game would have been in New England. Could there have been a different result? Obviously, it's just hypothetical, but I'm saying, like, it's an interesting thought to ponder because of the fact that, like, that first game, well, then again, no one really played well in that first game on either side. Right, and and like I said, New England and at their best versus Buffalo at their best was not close, and throughout a 17-game season, there was going to be the ups and downs. Oh, for sure. Buffalo definitely had their downs. But I think when they got to the playoffs, they were at their best. And New England was definitely not at their best at that point. No um, doubt. And, and so I think it wouldn't have mattered. I think that game, the way Buffalo just absolutely dismantled them, that wasn't going to change no matter where it was. Yeah. I think, like, to grade it, I would say it's, like, solid year. And I don't, like, say definitely not perfect year. But I would say solid. And a lot of what turns it down as the tough losses they had not counting the Kansas City loss I mean if anything I would count towards the grade would be their defensive performance that game in that game but I'm not saying that game at all but all but just more of like the losses that they had and the fact that the division race was closer than anyone thought it would be at the end of the season before the season started yeah I mean a perfect season, what's that, a Super Bowl? So, no, not perfect. But, uh, more of, maybe not Super Bowl, but more of, like, fulfilling almost, if not all of, like, what they were expected to do. Yeah, I thought they were as, as good as you could have wanted them to be, honestly. Like, 
No, overall, yeah. Just more of the division part and some of the losses they had were not like. But don't you have to credit New England? Like at some point, you have to credit the other teams that they. No, played. for sure. Every team has their doubts, so I, I you're you're not going to go seventeen and zero. So. Oh, for sure not. The yeah, the fact that than, were they better than every team they played? Yes, they not have lost some of the games to the teams that they played. Right? Definitely. Yeah, and the line that fits with their end of the season is the thing with playoffs in any sport is it comes down to who gets hot at the right time, and they got hot at the right time. Yep, that's all you need. So, speaking of Patriots, that's where we go next. Their expectations was like... I don't even know like what to put their expectations. It wasn't like... I obviously it wasn't being close in the division race. Um, maybe some people had them as a wild card team. But then again, we also didn't know with Mac Jones coming in what he was going to be like, and he definitely had a solid year. Not like a crazy year, not rookie of the year esque, but for him, he had a pretty good year. The Patriots went on a run. They definitely had some tough losses as well to Buffalo twice. One in the regular season and then in a playoff game, which, at least in my view, and, I, and if you can comment if you agree with me or not, I don't think you could blame Mac Jones in that playoff game. The picks were definitely no, not I, his fault. The first one almost was a touchdown. It was just a great play. And then I think the second one was like tipped or out of the receiver's hands or something. Yeah, no, listen, Mac Jones was treated as like a rookie quarterback on a good team. When you have good coaching and good team, they didn't trust him in a way uh if you look at that that buffalo game in buffalo they didn't let him throw the ball don't yeah say, oh the, the game plan they only it's not like they were scoring a ton of points without him throwing the ball they just thought him not throwing the ball was less bad things can happen than him actually throwing the ball so let's just hand it off score 10 points but who cares we win anyway right yeah but the point is that i don't think they you know yeah he didn't blow anyone away but belichick Too, as a head coach, and right. I for, fans, that's, uh, that's for sure, yeah, they definitely got all. I would say even like around the same grade as the Bills. Like they definitely got a great year. They surprised people, and even Mac Jones to some extent. And you definitely got to give him credit, especially Bill, for how good Mac Jones did. Oh, for sure. So the Dolphins, this is an interesting team to recap. Uh, was there even really much expectations going in except maybe that yes. they make the playoffs? Well, I guess maybe make the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. You expected them to be a wild card team. You expect them to take a jump. We've seen this team improve year over year for the last four or five years, and then this year they completely take a step backwards. And there's all these rumors swirling around at the end of the season. Their head coach gets fired. There's obviously tor- turmoil within the organization. Um, Tua Tungabailoa, he's not the answer. I think everyone saw Oh, that. yeah. He got exposed this year. And so 
I think what you, you know what you need to look at is they moved backwards as an organization because last year you thought you have the head coach, you have the quarterback, and now you fire the head coach. Maybe that has nothing to do with the season. I don't think he was fired rightfully. But yeah, and that firing, it wasn't like anybody saw it coming outside of the Dolphins organization because for all yeah. we know, they could have saw it coming. But, like, that was just like a curveball out of left field that they even fired him in the first place. Now that all the stuff has come out, that's a bit different. But I'm saying when we first heard Flores is fired, that was just like, pow, mind blown. Definitely unexpected. Um, But at the end of the day, he was fired. And now they kind of need to start over. They need to find a quarterback. Is it going to be Deshaun Watson? Are they going to trade for another quarterback? Are they going to try Tom Brady to come out of his quote-unquote retirement to play quarterback? I don't know, but we'll see what happens with them. But I think you can't give them a positive grade. They had an expectation to take a step forward, and instead they took a major step backwards. And even, like, the one positive they had this year, which was their seven-game winning streak after the big losing streak, look at, look at the team. like, that wasn't against the only good quote-unquote team you can even say they be, and that's even a question mark in its own, is Brown's division rival, the Ravens. And that's a question mark in its own because they were injured as heck this year, and we'll get to them right, in a moment. They were scuffling at that point on a Thursday night with no secondary. Come on, yeah, that yeah. doesn't count for anything. The teams they beat in that seven-game winning streak, that was a totally fake seven-game winning streak. And the, the betters, I bet them that eighth week because so many people had money on them because everyone was like, oh, look, the Dolphins, they're so hot, they're so hot. And I was like, no, look at who they beat. And then they finally played a real team and they got destroyed. Like, yeah, Tennessee mopped them that following week. That game wasn't even close. Yep. So, I mean, like, I guess it probably underwhelming at least would probably be, like, the grade to give the Dolphins. Yeah. Maybe not failure because they did kind of end up somewhat close to the playoffs, but underwhelming, I think, would be the right word. If you just look at the record, you could say, okay, fine, underwhelming. Uh, Sorry, <laughs> I didn't. I like just saw it stop for a second. Anyways, back. So, uh, and what's kind of scary, whether this would be a fluke year or not for the Bengals, is they're legitimately O line and a few defensive pieces away from potentially being right back there. No, for sure. Definitely banks on that. But still, like, as a Browns fan, that's scary to think that they're very close to, like, barring their morals, obviously. But that the fact that they're very close to being right back is scary. Well, you're in one of the best divisions in the league. No, well. for sure. But I'm saying even in general, like. I think I could run out and play quarterback instead of, uh, instead of Ben Roethlisberger. That's for sure. Right? Um, so, automatically, whoever they put at quarterback this year is going to I think, um, who else? I don't know. Uh, obviously, the Ravens had the year from hell with their injuries. Yeah. They're going to be better next year. They're going to have corners. They're going to have a, a running back, right? Um, you talk about the Browns. The Browns are still really good. Baker Mayfield is injured this year. I, I kind of yeah. blame him so much. Maybe he's not the long-term answer, but he was also hurt, so it's hard to know. Um, and then the Bengals, even if the team's not as good, Burrow and Chase are going to win them some games. So yeah. it's going to be a tough division. Mm-hmm. No, definitely. And I don't disagree with that. 
But it's just either way, even with how good the rest of the division is and in general, it's just scary to think that they're so close to like getting on a run like that. So they definitely deserve like a great grade for their season, no doubt. With the fact that they caught everyone by surprise and just ended up almost winning the Super Bowl. No matter fluky or non-fluky. Yeah, no, exceeded expectations. And like I said, they hit on the chase pick and Burrow came back from injury and was better than anyone could have expected. Yeah. Probably not. No, and especially also with how bad his O-line is to pull off what he pulled off is just incredible. So, now to the Steelers. They didn't really have much expectations except for, like, Roethlisberger, go have the ride of your career in your last year. Like, that was pretty much their expectations. Yeah, and Roethlisberger should have retired two years ago. No, like, for sure. couldn't play anymore. And if they had played, I don't know, take any quarterback, Gardner Minshew, if they had put him at quarterback, they'd be better. So, um, you know, it's tough to say what this team really did when you're kind of giving away a season, just hoping that the rest of the team around you can carry you. And without the quarterback, that's hard to do in the NFL. So this is a really good team. We'll see who plays quarterback for them moving forward. But I think they can only improve from here. Yeah. Um, so, and they ended up barely squeaking to the playoffs, and they got whooped by Kansas City. That game was not even close. They had a lead at one point, but realistically, that game was not close. And... I guess, like, a grade for them would be, like, meh, if even. Like, it's yeah. kind of hard to, like, give them a grade. You can't say they they underperformed because... No. They made the playoffs. They dragged the corpse of Ben Roethlisberger to the playoffs. And Najee worked out pretty good for them. Yep. So, I, I don't know. It's not a negative grade, but it's not really a positive. But how yeah. is it going to be a positive when that was your game plan to just try and drag the dying corpse of Ben Roethlisberger? season with you. Mm-hmm. And Najee was the right player, and I could also make the same case about a similar team's pick, and we'll get to that. That's going to be in the NFC, but when we get to the NFC, I'll talk about that. Like, Najee was the right player in the end, but you wonder if O-line would have helped there instead of going Najee. And even with Fryer Muth, who ended up being, I'd say, meh, not, like, terrible, but not, like, great. Like, what if they go O-line in both those picks? Maybe not, like, Super Bowl-bound, but at least would have helped with the O-line issues that they had. I don't think anything was changing for this year just because of... No. But at least with a bit of better protection, it might have given him a bit more time to assert things, maybe a bit. He kind of throw the ball more than 10 yards down the field. I don't think that was a protection issue. That was, uh, his arm is dead. Yeah. So now to my own team, and I'm going to be flat out. I, I don't have bias even when we talk about this. The Browns. Oh, my. <laughs> hey, you know, it's funny. I was actually at the I was actually at the Browns-Ravens game this year in Cleveland, not in Baltimore. The one where, like, the Browns won by the skin of their teeth. That was a tense end of it. Like, and I, I enjoyed going to the game, which because also, like, the last time I was at a Browns game in Cleveland, my dad lives in Ohio. Just like give a little background on how I how I how I am able to go to Browns games. Um, they the last time I was at a game was during the 0-16 season, 
their last home game against Baltimore. So, like, to come back first time against the Ravens and then win, whether by the skin of their teeth or not, was nice. Uh, yeah, they almost won the game here in uh, Baltimore as well. Yeah. He fumbled. He strip sack fumbled. He Landry fumbled. They literally picked off Lamar like four times and got what three points out of it. Like that's how you lose a game. And Baker's injury obviously is what affected how they're because going into the year they were expected to be back in the playoffs. And potentially make a run. Not guaranteed to make a run, but at least expected to be back in the playoffs. Yeah, I think this season was a major disappointment. Yeah. Disappointment for them, honestly. No doubt. They were supposed to improve. Baker Mayfield finally showed signs last year that he could actually maybe be the quarterback of the future. Now, despite the injury, maybe you could use the injury as an excuse, but I don't think he's the quarterback of the future, and that's a real problem because... That was the one position you had a question mark about. You have the running back. You have the defensive line. You have the O-line. You have corners. You have a really solid team. And the only question was your quarterback. And then, to, you know, the cherry on top is your number one receiver who couldn't get along with your quarterback goes and wins a Super Bowl elsewhere, right? So, yeah, and the number two might be out the door depending on how they man- want to manage their cap space because Landry's got a lot of dead cap in his exactly. contract. And realistically, I would want him to stay, but with the amount of cap they could gain back by him leaving, it wouldn't be against it. But honestly, as a Browns fan, I would love him to stay because he's been, except for this year, he's been pretty good. And I've enjoyed him being a Brown, but obviously more comes down to how they want to manage their cap space more than how much easy, how much I've enjoyed watching him play for the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, no, for sure not. I, I don't know. So this was a, a major disappointment, and I think it's a really just a lost opportunity because think about it. If they sink into the playoffs, maybe they're the team that flukes their way to the Super Bowl and not the Bengals. Maybe. And it's like, and what's also like a positive from this year is their defense took like five plus steps forward this year, like a lot better. It was one of their best defenses they've had in years, and like. That was such a huge positive. And if the offense was better, like you said, they could have had a fluke run in the playoffs. But sadly, their playoff, their offense was just a disappointment. And it just didn't work out that way. And the way to grade is just disappointment slash an F. Yeah. Period. End of story. So the Ravens, you're, I guess, well, I guess the team of where you live currently. This year, for the first time, I got really close and personal with the Ravens because working at their flagship station and working, you know, with the people who cover the team every single day and going to every game, 
I got to see exactly uh, what, you know, all the ins and outs of this Raven season. And what I'll tell you is from this firsthand perspective that I feel I have, it was just a year from hell. They had all the possible injuries, all, you know, all at the worst time. And they just decided, hey, let's shut it down. We're going to shut down Lamar. This is not our year. The fact that we won eight games is practically a miracle. The fact yeah. that we got this far, that, that, you know, that Harbaugh had this team buying in even after everything that went down to get them to the point that even those games they lost, they even think about the Browns game, think about um, the Packers game, think about the, uh, the Rams game, all those games, they were in those games and they lost them at the end. But those were tough, hard-fought games, even though the Steelers game, the last game of the year, right? So they were in it till the end. And even a lot of those games you mentioned, that's without either majority or completely without Lamar Jackson. The Browns game, obviously, he started and got hurt, which at first, I, when I saw the injury, and I'll even admit this, I was wondering, is this another case from 2020 where he just had to go to the bathroom, or is this legit? And even my dad, who was with me at the game, he was like, no, this is legit. And it turned out to be legit. says a lot about this team, says a lot about John Harbaugh, and I think they'll come back next year and they'll be way better. And now they just have a better draft position because they lost those games. So I don't think that in the long run this is going to hurt the um, the Ravens. I think they'll be back and better than ever next year. The only question is, do you give Lamar the money? Right. He's his own agent, so there's a problem with that. So oh, I didn't even know that. Interesting. Yeah, so figuring out the contract situation is going to be a little bit sticky for them, but if they can work that out and figure out what they do moving forward with Lamar, I think they'll be back. And I, I honestly think you have to give, all things considered, you have to give this season a positive grade. Yeah. And even though, like, they definitely did not go to expectations, which pretty much was make the playoffs, but they were close. They probably win a playoff game or two. Yeah. The expectation, but but then the other day, you have to put in the fact that they were injured to heck. In injury hell, and yeah, and they pulled off a heck of a run. I would definitely say probably solid as well. I wouldn't go like great or fantastic. Like I'd say solid, and that's even incorporating the injuries and stuff. They put up a heck of a run, and even as a Browns fan, it's kudos. One thing I want to add before we get into the AFC South, which is mostly anyways going to be like one good team and the rest are like trash. Some people were putting out Browns fans, like some had the thought of like fire Stefanski. And yes, there were some rough play calls this year. I won't disagree with that, but it's only year two. He's coming off winning coach of the year, like too soon. Now, if next year they go out and put up a, play, a season like that, then you can maybe consider it. But I think it's too early. Yep, uh, I, I agree there. You don't get, you don't give a guy the hook after two years, especially when he didn't have his quarterback for the second year. So. Yeah. So let's move on to the AFC South, where we'll just get the one good team out of the way. Uh, the Titans, they expectations were pretty much win the division with ease, which they pretty much did. No one, I mean, like Buffalo, I mean, not Buffalo, Indy kind of gave them a run for their money, but Tennessee really did slip away with the division, no matter how close Indy was. Yeah, 
weird situation. You have an injury to one of your best players, so the expectations get lowered. But then they make the playoffs and they lose just an awful game. Right? Yeah. So then and even the fact that they got the one seed with a bye was a shocker and above expectations. So, like, they had a lot of pluses, but their big minus that affects their grade is the fact that they lost immediately in the divisional round where yeah. Tannehill, even though some of the most of the picks were not his fault and some more of like back down or out of the wide receiver's hands and into the defender's hands, that's still a bad performance he put up by throwing, what was it, three, four picks? Yeah, and now the question is, do you have to move on from Tannehill, a guy who yeah. thought was, his career was revived um, and he was really carried through Derrick Henry for those last couple of years, but now it seems like, even though they win the games without Derrick Henry, so credit to Tannehill, but then one playoff game, you lose, so yeah. all of a sudden it's all out the window. I don't know, but... Um, I'd say it's a weird season. You can't call it a disappointment, like I said, because they no. the one seed despite the adversity, but then they lose in disappointing fashion. So it end dis- ended disappointingly, but overall... I think solid would probably be the right word yeah, here. Exactly. And also, like, it's funny because Tannehill was even a question mark at the end of last year, especially after yeah. his playoff performance against Baltimore in the wildcard game the year before. So it's interesting. Anytime he, anytime he, flaw- he shows flaws, we kind of have a vision of... Uh, Miami and all the terrible things he did. Yeah. Like, oh my God, is he that guy? How do we know he's not that guy? Right. By the way, what one Indianapolis? Uh, one question I actually want to have before we move on. Yeah, go ahead. Then again, I haven't been to much football stadiums, but since you've been to M&T Bank Stadium, what would you say the stadium's like? Is it nice, like solid, like... In general, not like compared to other stadiums necessarily, but in general. So I've been there now, I want to say seven or eight times, um, which I think might be more than any other single stadium other than MetLife. Um, Makes sense. Yeah, which is just crazy. But um, I think so. I've seen, so the suite level is nice. Um, Okay. the, the, uh, The club level, which is below the suite level, it's like the outside section super nice the stadium itself as a whole really nice place um they have a great they do a great production the production team they had like i remember i went there for a thursday night jets game a couple years ago and they had like the the raven flying over the stadium where it looked like they had like kind of like this hologram of a raven it was super cool like similar Um, but not exact to what the panthers had with uh panther this year points yeah exactly so similar to that and that was really cool um so they do like a really good job the Military, the honor of the servant, all those different things that they put together. As far as the atmosphere of the crowd, I mean, when I was there at the end of the year and it was pretty much clear that they were going to miss the playoffs, it was dead. Well, yeah, it makes so, sense. They were injury riddled. Was, yeah, the Rams game, COVID was creeping up a little bit. We had Omicron coming around then and the Delta variant, whatever it was. And at the same time, you know, it was a holiday weekend and the Ravens were faltering and the place was like half empty and nobody was in it at that point. Um, I want to say they're fair weather fans. I was there for speaking of uh, Indianapolis. I was there for the Indianapolis game. A lot of people left early in that game. You know, a lot of people uh, I, I I said this about Baltimore fans. I was there for a bunch of wins and a bunch of losses. Was the Colts year, right? game during the Colts like winning streak they had? That, that was the Thursday night or the Monday night game. I want to say yeah, it was on Monday night. I'm pretty sure where Ravens were down like 20 points and came back. Oh, okay. Um, I know what game you're talking about. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And in that game, 
the show. I think I, I said this after one of the Ravens games. I think it was after like the third or fourth time I was there in the season. I said to someone, I was like, I'm pretty sure the Ravens fans have a separate game in their mind to see who can get to their car fastest before the third quarter is over. Um, because no matter whether it's a win, loss, doesn't matter what's going on. Close game, blowout, they all leave early. It's all, hey, let's beat the traffic. I'm like, okay, cool. I guess that's how they are. But so as far as the fans, meh. But as far as the stadium and the production of the actual stadium and like, you know, how nice it is, food in the suite, all great. <laughs> Interesting. I've been to Baltimore. Like, it's not like I haven't been to Baltimore before. Just more of like, I haven't been to any of the stadiums. So I just was curious about that. But anyways, let's move on. So now the Colts. I mean, like... Let me throw some stats at you. Because they talk about getting rid of um, Carson Wentz. He threw 27 touchdowns and only 7 interceptions. If you told me that Carson Wentz was going to start 17 games, throw 27 touchdowns and only 7 interceptions before the season, just conceptually, right, on paper, the Colts would have said, sign him up and give him a 5-year extension. Yeah. Like, so all this talk... And I talked about this on my last episode of the podcast where, you know, the narratives create everything. So all this talk about Carson Wentz, and yes, there are some bad images of him underhanding a throw or the loss at the end of the season to Jacksonville. Yes, some of that stuff is mind-boggling, and he is the face of the bad interception, the bad turnover. But at the end of the day, he plays a pretty clean brand of football. Now, what's interesting is the it factor. The fact that they're trying to move on from him despite that tells me that what they saw in him is that he doesn't have the it factor. And that might be, look, it was his offensive coordinator in, in, or his quarterback coach in Philly who brought him into Indianapolis, right? Like, right. I'm going to work with him. But they decided, I mean, maybe Philly saw him in person and said, he doesn't have it, let's go get Jalen Hurts. And the same thing happened with the Colts, that now they want to move on from him, that despite the talent and the ability that he has to be a top-level quarterback, there's something missing there. Maybe that's the answer. Yeah. They definitely had a pretty good year. Jonathan Taylor was ridiculous. Could have been the MVP. Yeah. But at the end of the day, what devalues their season is that Jacksonville game at the end of the year. They sucked overall completely. It's as if the fact that Jaguar fans showed up as like clowns or in brown paper bags, like was putting a... I don't know if this if voodoo is even the right word, but like uh, spell or curse on them that they would blow their chances at the playoffs or something. It's so interesting because you you can only judge a team by their most important game, right? This is a team that showed signs all year of being a really good team, and they and have they have some game. impressive wins throughout the year. Yeah. All you have to do is beat just this god awful team, and you're in the playoffs. And what does that say about a coaching staff? About a quarterback? About every single one of those? in that locker room that they couldn't get that done that is just awful so yes very disappointing from that perspective i would probably say good maybe a bit towards yeah i'd even probably just leave it at good season with obviously the factors of that jaguar game but good because jonathan taylor was ridiculous like you said wentz put up pretty good numbers and they were very close to being in the playoffs. I didn't say pretty good. I said really good. But yeah. Well, I'm saying good. And it could be pretty good, I'm saying. But at the end of the day, like, that kind of category, I would say, is, like, where to have put them under. Yep. 
Texans, which no one re- they kind the real expectation was just not good, especially because of uh, Watts not being able to play this year because of the whole investigations going on. I thought Davis Mills overperformed, and I thought uh, yeah. That- Really? If you look at their numbers side by side, they're like the completion percentage, touchdowns, picks, and everything, yards, was like nearly identical. Um, So it's funny how we look at one guy as a total bust and we look at another guy as, hey, this guy could actually be pretty good. Again, the whole narrative thing. It's preconceived notions. That's what creates reality for some people. But at the end of the day, I think um, Tua doesn't have a future, but Davis Mills might. So who knows? Yeah. Uh-oh. Is there an MLB update? Bob Nightingale, seven minutes ago. Once the union formally responds and barring a stunning surprise, MLB is expected to make their official announcement of a delayed 2022 regular season. Ken Rosenthal making a valid point three minute. Oh no, wait, sorry, it's not Ken Rosenthal. It's someone proposing as Ken Rosenthal. Uh, hello to oh, people that just popped up in my YouTube chat. By the way, um, people have popped up in YouTube chat putting a message. So hi to both of them, Ben Aberman and Dale Gribble. I like to like notice chat as much as possible, just to yes, like give them. But. Inevitably yep. be delayed. Well, we'll still keep updating this. They had a chance to do something, you know, positive and have their moment in the sun, but again, they've messed it up beyond all uh, yeah. feasible uh, return, right? But we'll still keep an eye out just in case maybe something by chance pops up that, hey, there's not going to be canceled or something, but as of right now, it does not, it seems like it's going to be delayed. Anyways, getting back to the matter in hand, I just saw it, so I wanted to note that. But, like... Uh-huh. I see the chat now. There we go. I don't know who... Uh, ben Aberman, yeah. who's Rabbi Ito? That's my father. Hmm? That's my father. He's Rabbi Oh. Ito. Rabbi Doctor to you. Oh. Sorry. Not you, but... Oh. Okay, so then... Got it. 
I didn't know that. Well, now, okay, that makes more sense. Uh, not sure, Ben. I don't know. We'll see. Um, I mean, then again, there are some maybe other opportunities down the line that if there's base, well, depending on the baseball schedule, technically the Cubs and Orioles are supposed to play each other this year in Baltimore. So, like, maybe if that happens, maybe me and me, you and your dad could collab. I don't know. I'm just like throwing out ideas or like, the Browns and Jets are on paper supposed to play each other this year. So, like, I don't know. We'll oh, see what happens. Against, like, so no, yeah, but I'm saying, <laughs> yeah. It's just a matter of what week it's going to be and whether it's going to be on a Sunday or who knows. Um, but anyways, so, yeah, Texas was, like, basically kind of what everyone expected, I would say. Yeah, and the last team in that division, Jacksonville, the one thing I do want to say about Jacksonville anything else is with everything that went on how bad uh you know i guess how bad trevor lawrence was kind of flew under the radar yeah they're almost saved by their terrible season that they didn't have to answer questions about how bad their can't miss first overall pick was so is, is this a matter of hey he's actually not that good or is this a matter of he was just in the worst possible situation and moving forward he'll be doing uh you know he'll actually be better who knows uh, someone just asked a question on in chat for you. By the way, if you guys want to post anything for either me or Rami to a- answer, no matter what, whether we're still on our specific topic, feel free. Uh, when is my boy Obi Toppin about to get some real minutes? Foo, I'm from Dayton and we hate fibs. Uh, Dale, are you from Dayton, Ohio? Well, here's what I'll say. I don't know. Um, as far as tips. Former Bulls um, coach, by the way. Well, you'll love him until you don't. Here's the thing with the coach, and that Knicks fans are starting to tor- turn on him. What he brings to a team is accountability. He brings defense. He brings hustle. And the Knicks are doing none of those things. So whether it's his fault or not, they're not doing it. So if they're not doing it, then obviously it means he's lost the player's ear and they're not listening, right? So OB should be playing. Yes, they should be trying to figure out what – future is they this this season is lost but Emmanuel quickly should be getting more minutes and he should have a longer leash Obi Toppin should be playing more uh Quentin Grimes uh Deuce McBride Jericho Sims RJ Barrett all these guys should be getting more minutes and playing more and the fact that he's not playing them uh is kind of disappointing for all Knicks fans and so they kind of want him out I would say Knicks fans the feeling around Knicks fans is that they do want him out despite appreciating everything he did last year and what he's capable of doing, he's not the right coach for what this team needs right now, it seems like. Yeah. Interesting. So, yeah, but, yeah, the Jaguars were not good. And I'll even put it this way. I'm a Buckeyes fan of college football because I've only been following college football for the last few years, not, like, my entire life. And when it came to making a decision, it was easy for me based on, like, where I've lived. Illinois, all the college football teams are inconsistent. I mean, literally – Northwestern went from like twice, well, at least from 18 to 19 division champions to like a two win season. Obviously, you don't know what's going to happen. And then they went from again division champs to like bomb of the barrel. Illinois hasn't had a good year in years. They've had upsets, but not a good positive year. And then New York, the only optimal choice is Syracuse, which like you're not rooting for Syracuse. I'm saying they're not good. 
they had something this year a bit, but I'm saying like that wasn't really much of an option. I I was in which I was in high school in Milwaukee, it's theoretically Wisconsin, but even they're inconsistent. And like Ohio State was the most consistent of my options. But basically, what this had to do is like I was wherever I can. Segments, but what you could do is you might be able to download the YouTube video afterwards and just add the whole video to Anchor. So, um, I'm saying I'll just put in the description, like, if you want. Sorry that this is broken up into multiple pieces, but like, go check it out on YouTube for like the full thing. Yep. But I don't know, but it's still good to have it on audio, anyways. I'm happy that I'm still able to have it, anyways. So, moving on. NFC South, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers pretty much was around to be back where they were last year, and they won the division. They pretty much ran through, ran away with the division, which is what everyone expected. Uh, but then they lost in the divisional round. Where they almost came back from down, where they came back from down twenty-seven to three to top to take a lead, but or to tie it, but then the Rams won. So like, yeah. So look, think about it as a two-year. Win. Then again, they were also injury-riddled a bit this year. Down the stretch, Godwin uh, was yep. out. Yep. Offensive uh, lineman got hurt against Philly, so like. I guess like a mess season. Yeah, two year win rate. You knew it wasn't really going to be much longer than that, and you win a Super Bowl out of it and made it deep in the playoffs of the other year. Yeah. Overall, look at it as a two year window success. Yeah. You expected a lot more. That's what you were hoping when you when you signed that guy at forty five freaking years old. He did it for you guys. Congratulations, Bucks. You pulled off something that nobody else has. So I think overall, you can't be disappointed. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's for the Buccaneers, uh, wise. Um, the Saints—they almost made the playoffs this year, but and they almost made the playoffs when they were down to like third-string quarterback, injured in some other areas as well. Like they definitely went beyond expectations this year. Yeah, they beat expectations, but now they're. Yeah. Led them to those expectations. So overall, I would expect a major dip from them. No, yeah. But this year definitely deserves like a good, great range grade, I would say. Yep. Camaro was not the same. No. So I don't know. But definitely, like, especially since they went beyond expectations and were oh so close to the playoffs, I would say like the good, great range, but nothing beyond that. The Falcons, they did have, they had some positives this year, definitely, and were a bit above. But then again, it wasn't even a great year, really, in general either. Like, like all Atlanta teams, they yeah. Mediocrity. Cordero Patterson was definitely a positive this year. Kyle Pitts definitely was good. They definitely have some good things, but honestly, probably a meh for their grade. And then Panthers, they definitely went below expectations. Then again, we didn't know what to expect from Darnold, but people were thinking it could be better. And honestly, I didn't think much was going to change, especially because, like, 
the whole trend in the past of like USC quarterbacks not succeeding in the NFL, Matt Liner, Mark Sanchez, Jets have experienced it now twice. Tell me about it. Um, the Browns experienced it with Cody Kessler. Had two concussions in one year. Yeah. Um, and as far as, look, Matt Rule was trying to make a splash. He was trying to make something happen. He was like, oh, I'll get this quarterback in here. And, all and it didn't better. work out. And McCaffrey yeah, got the, hurt. Yeah. Hubbard yeah, was they're on the, they're solid. On the other Yeah. But they definitely disappointing. Cousins cousins for Darnold straight up. That'd be interesting. But they're definitely on the disappointing grade. NFC West, the Rams pretty much met expectations. It pretty much, the obviously Stafford at certain points did look like his lying self. And I was saying it a lot during the year. Like, is he going back to his lying self? And there were points that he did. In the playoffs, though, he got hot at the right time and was not at all in the playoffs. Yeah, he had some mistakes in the Super Bowl, but at the end of the day, he played good enough to get them a Super Bowl. The best offensive player in football this year was and they have, yeah. The best defensive player in football this year and every year, probably the best player overall was Aaron Donald. Yep, who and might even retire apparently. Them, yeah, those two guys won them a Super Bowl. And when they made the Stafford trade and when they signed Odell and when they made the trade for Ramsey and all these things, Von Miller. the entire future, exactly, Von Miller also, when they mortgaged their entire future, the expectation was Super Bowl or bust. So if they had not won the Super Bowl, I would say this season would have been a disappointment. But yeah. If they won the Super Bowl, they beat expectations. Congratulations. We've never seen this done before where a team just goes all in like this and actually gets it done and wins the Super Bowl. So good for them. And now you wonder if it maybe is a trend the, what the Rams did maybe. I talked about it on my podcast. Yeah. Will it become a trend? I don't think there are enough crazy, psychotic owners who are willing to do that and willing to attempt that and willing to allow a team to do that. But then again, you never know. Yeah, it's the same page. I would love to see to grade them perfect, but because the fact that Stafford at certain points looked like his Lions old self, I would keep it as like a great season. It's a 17-game season. The ultimate goal is to win the Super Bowl. It doesn't get better than that. There's going to be up and downs throughout a 17-game season. So everyone throughout the season was overreacting. Beginning of the year, oh, this team's unstoppable. Then they start to lull a little bit. Oh, this team's terrible. What a disappointment. Then they're back again. Oh, this team's amazing, unstoppable. If if you're able to take a step back at the end of the season and say, look at the season as a whole, they were the best team in the league. They won the Super Bowl. They were expected to win, and they did it. And they beat. They were the only team, perhaps, in the league that beat their expectations spot on and were like, you're no, the yeah. to do. We did it. And that's perfection to me. But people, but no matter what, then the end of the day, you're still going to look back and still note that struggle Stafford went through for those weeks. I, I don't think so. I don't think or at least to perfect. some extent, maybe not fully, but like, it's something that, I don't know. But yeah, they definitely met expectations. And congrats to them. We'll see what happens next year. Uh, Von Miller could be retiring. McVeigh was rumored maybe to go to a booth or something, but he's ended up staying Turned in the end. Yeah. From, from, uh, Amazon. I don't think he's leaving. Yeah. Um, but that was the end of that. The Cardinals were expectations were to make the playoffs and early on, they looked good and they whooped the Browns. I still hate that game as well. 
and as a Browns fan, from that last throw in the Packer game and on, they just went downhill. It just went like that. Like that drop, I've never seen something like that. And now the Kyler Murray stuff. You know why Kyler Murray wants to get paid and he's demanding to get paid? Because he feels like he deserves it. No, he doesn't feel like he deserves it. He feels like I need to get my money because I can't stay on the field. And before they realize that I've been inconsistent, I need to get my money. Yeah. Kyler Murray is a guy who never gets drafted if there's no Russell Wilson. Yeah. Russell Wilson goes in the third round, but then wins a Super Bowl and then makes it to another one. That opens the door for a guy like Kyler Murray. But Kyler Murray showed what the downfall is of having that guy. He's been hurt every year he's been in the league. He's missed time. So, I don't know. Is he talented at times? Yeah, but... He was terrible in that playoff game against the Rams. And I think that that team has more question marks. And question mark around Cliff Kingsbury. I don't know. Yeah. But they... Maybe not disappointing. Because they did make the playoffs in the end. But like... Underwhelming to meh. Probably. Is where I would put it. I don't think it's above that, really. Yep, I think, yeah, underwhelming. If they missed the playoffs, it would definitely be disappointing. But at the end of the day, they still made the playoffs. But definitely underwhelming because they did not play well in the playoffs. I I was sure they were going to win. I took them in every different way. I I also picked them in that game also. I was was all over them, and they didn't stand a chance from jump. From the second the game started, they were pumped. Yeah. Don't bet, children. Don't bet. Yeah. I don't bet in general. I mean, I, I, yeah, I don't bet in general, but yeah, I, I also had my, that was one of my two picks I got wrong during divisional, during wildcard weekend. That and the Cowboys game, I got every other pick that week right. And then I followed up with 0-4 in the divisional round. And then I got the Rams pick right, Bengals pick wrong, and Super Bowl pick wrong. But, yeah, the Cardinals was just underwhelming to men. 49ers definitely were above expectations. I mean, I don't think anyone could have predicted them to go as far as they did. Yep. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo, for all the talk about him being a bad quarterback, and they draft his replacement, right? They Who didn't even end up that good, really, trade, this year. They trade three picks to draft him, and at the end of the day, they go right back. So, talk about how bad Garoppolo is, but at the end of the day, the guy, this guy went to a Super Bowl a couple of years ago, and now almost went to a Super Bowl again this year, so, I don't know. Yeah. They definitely were good. This was a good, great season, but where they go from here is a huge question mark that hangs above their heads. Niners fans know it, and everyone knows it. And then the last team to talk about, and this is where we will wrap things up, the Seahawks... They had a bad year. They didn't make the playoffs. Wilson was a mixed bag. They just, not a great year at all. Yeah, uh, Russell Wilson, his numbers, if you look at them year over year, have been incredible. But it just seems like he hasn't been the same guy the last few years. Really, since the middle of last year, not at all the same guy. And they win some big games where it's like, oh, they won that game, cool. But they're the fourth best team in their division right now. That's not where you want to be. 
Yep, and definitely disappointing, underwhelming range for a grade on their season. Wow, this was the longest podcast I've ever done, but it was worth it. That is this week's topics. No further update, but pretty much seems baseball is going to be delayed. And let's wrap up this episode. Thank you, everybody, for coming back for this week's episode of Benny in the Booth Podcast. Our next week's episode will probably be NBA at least. Maybe something else pops up, whether it's somehow MLB news. Uh, I don't know. Maybe NFL, I don't know. And then again, this week is the combine in NFL, so who knows. Either way, thanks for watching. Uh, subscribe if you are new to help us get to that goal. Uh, leave the notification bell on so you're notified when I go live. Thank you once again to Romney Lavie for coming on. Go check out his links in the description, especially this week's episode he posted literally yesterday. And go subscribe to his to his podcast and tell him you're coming from my podcast. Thanks for watching. See you in the next one. Bye.